Welcome to episode 98 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kermit Dexter. And nothing happened. Nothing happened at all this week. In the world. Now, I'm sure like I real stuff happened. Probably, yeah, but probably we don't stuff care about that any most of that people stuff. care about, but yeah. we, we're really only here to talk about the most important issues at the time. Yeah. Anything having to do with Batman or the DC universe or the Marvel universe or any Ava- Avatar universe. for you. Any yes. universe, any yeah. fictional universe we're here for. But like basically nothing really happened this week. Nothing yeah. really noteworthy. There was Lots of little news about the Arrowverse, specifically the Elseworld stuff, but mm-hmm. you and I don't really watch the Arrowverse. Yeah, we, we, we're kind of on the outs there. It's just there's too many shows. There there are very much too many shows now. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'm going to get... As someone who constantly, like, eats content, there's too many shows. As a rabid content consumer, even you find there's too much there. Yes. I mean, that being said, I intend to watch the Elseworlds crossover oh, this year. Oh, yeah, the crossovers because are of so good. Mm-hmm. And then if I think... I feel like I confirmed that they're going to pick up a show for it. If they do, or when they do, I'll watch that. Yeah. But the rest of it, I just can't really. And I've heard it's continued to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, it's not my jam. So, but that's probably for the best. We don't really have anything to talk about in terms of news, because that'll well, shave I mean, off 30 minutes, maybe, from the to, podcast. To to continue that conversation for a half second, oh, there no. are too many shows, uh, we learned that they're canceling two of the shows now. That Oh, yes. Uh, in Iron a different Fist, universe. Yes. Iron Fist and Luke Cage, season threes, both got canceled. Did you watch them? No. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't. I couldn't even make it through the first season of Iron Fist. Like, I, I, think know, I, made I actually it, like, did. I did finish it out. In. It was it was fine. Mm-hmm. And even then, The Defenders was fine. I just found myself going, I have so little time to watch TV now. Mm-hmm. I'm never really looking forward to this. And I just don't have the time to sit down and watch 13 hours of something that I'm kind of meh about. Well, there's another component to that, which I'm very curious of how people will handle the Marvel Universe after Infinity War, comparing it to Defenders. Oh. With, Iron, with the first season of everything... Defenders was the culmination of like the stories all came to tell a single story. Yeah. But then once that story was told, I don't really care for their stories anymore. No. Like I was so not... excited for just, for them to just come together. Yeah. And they didn't really leave me with the cliffhanger on the same level of seeing Thanos. Yeah, that's true. I, I think so. I'm really curious how general audiences will feel after Infinity War Part Two, where this ten year story we've had comes to an end oh. and they're like is is there still going to be that want of i obviously we're going to keep watching i i think so okay i mean i think you don't think the bubble's going to start to no i mean slowly pop after this i, I well I, I think it is slowly deflating maybe yeah. just ever so slightly diminishing but i mean all the the movies that we know are going to be coming up after infinity war so the next spider-man the next Doctor strange the next black panther those are all successful movies those are all popular i think I can see your point that our mass audience is going to be quite as invested when you've hit this sort of climax point amongst mm-hmm. the story, but I, I still think people will keep coming back for it. Okay. But even then, you know, I would be fine if, like, for maybe a few more years, they're doing three a year, and then, you know, they just sort of kind of slowly diminish down and just let it let it, let it fade to dust, Yeah. in fact. Mm-hmm. And then just jump back on that Space Jam train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's or all, all of our attention should have been this whole time anyway. Think about the universe that exists where there are 20-plus interconnected Space Jam movies. Oh, man. I can't even, like, I having one for every team would be unbelievable. What, for every basketball team? Yeah. Are there more than 20 basketball teams? I think there's 30 NBA teams. I Do you want to see how many we can name? <laughs> no, I don't. 
We could actually probably name a surprising number of them. But I don't think so. But I don't want to waste people's time trying to do that. Yeah. If Shane were here, I would. I mean, well, Shane could do all of them on his own. Well, yeah, but like he would be here to correct us. Yeah. When we get them wrong. Um, no, I think I think we're fine to just start talking about Batman this week. Shocking though that may be. I know it's only been five minutes. I guess let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's try and be faster this time, Cameron. Ugh, all right. Uh, so. So first up, we have Once Burned, yes. the return of Melanie Walker, a.k.a. Ten. Ten. And this time around, she's trying to steal money from this criminal poker game called The Derby because her parents are being held ransom by the Jokers. The Jokers. Did you see it coming that that wasn't actually the case? I, I, I vaguely remember this episode, so I, I remember that coming down the pipeline, um, but... No, I didn't see that being the twist. Um, when she brought uh, Batman, so Batman and Ten team up for a brief moment to to try and figure out another way to get her parents back. Right. Uh, and so they go to the Joker hideout, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was. And there was a, like, a whole bunch of Jokers we've seen in the show so far mm-hmm. popped up again, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, when we see the Beast for a half second that monster at the very beginning of the Joker scene. Oh, uh, and what's he from? I don't know. I thought that was Ace. But what? Because we don't see, because Ace is a robot, right? Oh. Yeah, because uh, we, we, uh, Ace is the only one we haven't seen unmasked. Oh, okay. It took me a second there. First, I thought you meant Ace as in the, dog. the, the little girl no. with oh. the, the telepathic powers. No, 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 no. And then I thought you meant the dog. No, no, no. And then I realized you meant the big-ass robot dude. Yes. The, the, the current ace, who we haven't seen yet. We just know he has super strength. Uh, but he's a robot. Yes. He's a robot. But I forgot about that. He's not a monster. I thought it was a monster. No. That was uh, just some random spliced guy. Yeah. I know that now. But I didn't at the time. Because I thought the Joker still had them kidnapped. Uh... Oh, like you thought that was them, like, taunting Ace? Yes, yeah. Oh. Uh, and then when Terry's like, interrogates the one Joker member, he's like, we don't have the family. I thought she was setting him up uh, for something else, some other okay, yeah, when, story plot. When that happened, I couldn't quite remember what happened next. I thought maybe that she was going to close the vault door on him yeah. to trap him in there. Same. Um, but, you know, she just runs Left, off and yeah. he, he has to fight a whole bunch of the jokers which is actually a pretty pretty decent fight mm-hmm. goes to show that terry's been doing a lot of training in the last year that he's been there um, he does have his his great new signature move of the uh like rocket powered body slam where he just goes full superman and just bowls over people yeah i mean it works it's, it's effective. very effective why try why do anything else yeah especially against a bunch of jokers um i it did you feel like this episode was a good continuation of their dynamic of the the melanie terry dynamic i i was not a fan of this episode like i, I was really, really wasn't either when yeah. i first saw 10 i got so excited because the the um rough flush gang like that first episode with dead man's hand that's a great episode yeah it's like it's probably one of the best i was so excited to see to see 10 again and the whole family again and then the episode just kind of like puttered out and like yeah do you mean petered out sure I don't know words. Uh, the story I wanted, because I, I I love retelling these stories in my own brain. You do. Um, where the whole world's cartoons. Where everything is just a cartoon. Um, I think it would have been more interesting if um, 
10 had gone to Batman first instead of trying to rob the Derby, which is, mm. yeah, well, like you said, it's, a, it's, the, it's the Gotham poker game. Yeah. Uh, she would have done some petty crime to get Batman's attention. And then, because this is just a worse Catwoman episode. That's exactly it. it just it's like a, it's a a pale imitation of a good Catwoman episode. Yeah, and so I would have loved it to could, to kind of mimic a cat like a better Catwoman episode mm-hmm. where like she does a petty crime to get Batman's attention, mm. and then she's like, "Hey, I I sorry for that. I just didn't know how to reach you. I need your help. Yeah, my parents have been kidnapped by the Joker's. Another one of your villains. The vil- the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Blah blah blah. Right on or not? Um, do you? I mean, do you think? 10 is that clever though i i feel like she because well i i don't think i don't excuse me i don't even think that's clever i think that's desperation but i think it requires someone to be really sharp and i'm not saying that melanie's dumb per se i just don't like she was always kind of just going along with the flow of things mm-hmm. and when things got rough she would just run like she didn't see the type to be so proactive i feel like she would just go for the easiest target possible. Yeah. And because she's so self-conscious about the precarious situation she's in and her connection to Batman specifically, I don't know if she would actually make that effort. Like, I, don't, I feel like she would try and do this without him even knowing it happened at all. Because even then when he does show up, she's like, go away. Leave me alone. I don't... I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. But I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it, it would have been more interesting if she had not to say more agency but just was more proactive in the whole thing like Mm -hmm. a little bit smarter a little more clever about it because she just keeps trying to rob the same people same very heavily armed group of people yeah again and again and and like we've seen them rob banks and museums what why specifically is she robbing these like i get there's a lot of table a lot of money on the table yeah but an inconsistent amount too it seems like yeah everything they cut back and forth the table either there's nothing on the table or there's a massive pile of jewels yeah and and another big problem that i have with this and a lot of like heist money stealing stories of the 90s and 2000s is you see people just steal poker chips poker chips aren't worth anything no they have to be cashed in yeah and so i I saw like when you see her robert like she grabs the expensive stuff first and then she's just shoveling poker poker chips in her bag and i'm like they're not like those are those are those are 20 bucks (laughs) yeah where is she gonna go cash those in yeah she's gonna come back (laughs) it's like sorry uh my name is melanie um can i join i just happen to have a whole bunch of poker chips that went Mm -hmm. missing recently yeah uh i brought my own chips don't worry don't worry BYOC. Yep. It it doesn't make sense. And also, like, I thought that the characters within the Derby itself were weird. I, I feel like part of the problem with this episode is it just doesn't have any stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, you did get the feeling that Terry and Melanie did actually have a relationship going on the last time. I just didn't really... I wasn't invested in this story this time. And then, you know, the, the antagonistic forces. The Jokers are always kind of good for a, a little extra throw yeah. in there. But the, the Derby guys, they're all just kind of played for laughs. Well, here here's my biggest thing with it. I feel like this was an episode written for BTOS mm. that just never got the green light until now because a, a poker game like this would have been great, like we saw in Almost Got Him, would have been great if we had villains that we knew. Oh, And so like, if yeah. it was Two-Face and... and uh, uh, joker and penguin at the table and riddler at the table and like 
Riddler was like they're all trying to cheat in their own way. Yeah. And they're like there had been that kind of fun story, and then Catwoman comes in to steal the chips mm, because that would have been interesting. Yeah, because then there's a you know a whole story there where like they're trying to shut down this animal shelter, blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess they couldn't really do that here, could they? Because there's no casual who, villains here. Who would be the people at the table? I mean, so, because uh, Blight's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Ink. So I guess Ink. Uh, maybe we'll run the assumption, like, Willie Watt is out of juvie. So it's like, Ink, Willie Watt, mm-hmm. Shriek, with a massive hearing aid in. Yeah. Uh, I guess Spellbinder? Yeah. Who... Who else can they put in there? There's like that's part of the problem. I feel like one of the big problems with Batman Beyond at the end of the day is that there are really good, kind of select villains, mm-hmm. but broadly speaking, it just doesn't have the depth. They're all too separate. So like in Toss and in normal Batman comics, the the connecting force is Arkham. Like that's where yeah. they all meet. That's where all they they all know each other. They figure out each other's tricks. And without kind of that that holding cell. Or that that melting pot for the villains and the camaraderie. Yeah, there it doesn't make sense for for any of them to connect. Also, Gotham just feels so much bigger now, where like it almost feels like every villain has their own area. Yeah, and they're they're just too too specific. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're right. They don't have that that focal point in Arkham. They don't have the sense of yeah community. They, yeah, they don't have that, and they don't have um, the lounge, Iceberg right. Lounge, Iceberg Lounge, because like that was always some of the best moments in Beatos and the new Batman adventures is when they all got together. Yeah. So like, yeah, almost got him. or, <clears throat> I mean, it's a dream sequence, but in over the edge when they're all going to sue Bruce Wayne, they're all sitting there on the couch Yeah. together. Or even the fact like, you know, Harley and Ivy spun off into their own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You just don't get that same sense of the villains interweaving. Or even, yeah, there's, the same way. there's this few episodes where the end of the episode is them back in Arkham and you see just kind of them all in the, the public area. Like, some of them are on the couch. Some, like, Killer Croc is over there playing pool. Yeah. They just pop up here and there in the background. And yeah. It doesn't... That always made that world feel so fleshed out. And here, it, it does feel just a little bit more kind of episodic and one-off. And mm-hmm. people recur, but not in quite the same fashion. Yeah. Gotham doesn't feel as... I feel like it doesn't play as big of a part as as its city. Yeah. The city as character, as it did in Toss and New Batman. No, I think, I think it's fair. This feels more kind of like metropolis in that regards yeah it's just like, and i think that's it's not like the problem it's just it's i mean it's the future so it, it makes sense that it feels more metropolis yeah um, get a little fancier and and also like we know gotham we know gotham we know metropolis this is new gotham and we don't have a reference point for that we just have this show yeah but i don't yeah i don't know well i guess when we get to zeta we'll get more of what the broader world looks like in that time period yeah but outside of that we don't really get it anything mm-hmm. hmm. um i did like did you did you like any of the characters that were part of the poker game like there was like benny who was all just like an idiot and like yeah i thought he was gonna be the cheat i thought i was ready for him to yeah, be like the riddler it seemed like they were going there with it then he just nothing i yeah. i kind of liked the woman I, I don't remember her character name i don't know if it's even said she, she looked like like the daughter of uh red tiger oh oh right um Red Claw? Red Claw, thank red Claw. you. Oh, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that, yeah. Yeah. She had kind of this cool Cruella DeVille thing going on with like, the red suit and the black and white hair. Mm-hmm. I just more loved how trigger-happy she was. Oh, yeah, that was great. Like, that, like, in a weird way, I thought she had more personality than Ten did in this episode. Yeah, I think so. Not necessarily more to do, but just more, like, there was a little bit more to her there. I wa- yeah, I wanted to know about these people. Yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah. See, that, that would be interesting if we started getting 
like not just the jokers recurring but actual criminals oh, i was about to say that like we don't have a there's no mob yeah here. Like, they, we they, don't have a falcone or a, a oh like a rupert thorn yeah yeah we don't have a thorn to kind of be the mastermind behind a lot of this. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to see some of those folks just like pop up right. If it was just that that, that one woman, like, yeah. she would have been a great replacement for Thorn. I'm all on board. I already know anything about her, but she's she's just cool. Yeah, she's, she's a great cool and interesting. Model. Let's just throw her in and mm-hmm. just put her in all a bunch of places. Yeah, it. I don't know. It just it was kind of underwhelming, and I think especially because we had such high hopes coming out of the last one. Yeah, but I guess I do like that. At the end, Terry kind of brushes her off. That he he doesn't just fall right back into it quite again. I mean, he he, he blows off Dana twice. That's true. To make out, makes with, out her. with her once. Did that? That felt I like just Terry, felt come on. cheap. Like it yeah. just felt like like mm, I I don't know. It just I think at least the first time around that he and Dana had like just broken up. Yeah, which seemed fair, but they're clearly back together again now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just felt a little bit weird to have him be like, oh sorry, I can't come. Do. But, I mean, he's just some. Teen horn dog, and he finds a girl in his room in the dark. What else are you gonna do? I know it's hard for you to imagine that yeah, situation. Play Scrabble? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, go shopping. Do you think Monopoly still exists in this time? Ooh. Well, I mean, I think it's even more pressing, and probably in the future. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> There's a uh, oh god, who's the comedian? He hosts the like the British uh, Daily Show. Do you know who? I'm, do you know what I'm talking about? He has the the female co-host. That they they had really popular clips come up when the Me Too movements first started, because uh, his female co-host would just like uh, just rip people apart like, on it, which was so like funny. The daily like the Daily Show, Daily Show, or is like more of a night. It uh it feel like it has night? the it has the comedy stylings of Late Show with uh sorry the Daily Show with uh, John Stewart. British Daily Show. It's, that's not what it is, but it has the feel of that. Like John Oliver? Uh, <laughs> that's it. I don't no, know. The host looks Indian, maybe? I don't know. It's not important. No, it's clearly not. I don't know where I'm going with this. He, I really don't what I was either. Going was, what I was going with this was he has a comedy special out. Oh, okay. Uh, where he makes a joke about the Monopoly game and how it's the it teaches everyone, teaches children the wrong thing. Where, like, the worst thing you can do in the game is pay taxes. Um, yeah. It's like they're teaching you to. What's that? He says, um, there's no other board game named after a federal crime. <laughs> 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 oh, we don't have money laundering the game, uh, but we have Monopoly, where the worst thing you can do is pay your taxes, and it teaches kids that. There's no problem going to jail because you can just bribe your way out. That's true. Yeah. It's really teaching horrible life lessons. It really is. It's a good thing that no kid ever finishes that game. Yeah. Also, it just drives families apart. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, have you ever been a part of a Monopoly game that didn't eventually just lead to collusion for the sake of getting it done faster? Oh, every every one of them. Yeah. Every one is... It's the only way. Yeah. Because it's just like a certain point, you're like, why am I still here? It's been three hours. Well, supposedly the real rule is the game is supposed to end after an hour. Really? It, it's, it, it, it's who has the most money after an hour. It's supposed to be how oh. the game is technically played. Who actually does that? Yeah. Did you do the auction system? Because this is something I also just learned about. Uh, no, we, I, we never did the auction version. Okay. I, I played it a few times on like my iPad. There's a digital version of it, and it mm-hmm. includes auctions. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's just like more work. No, it, it actually makes the properties sell faster because it's 
if you don't buy the property, then it goes up for, for auction, auction and yeah. anyone else can buy it. So basically in one, like once round the board, almost everything is bought by someone. No, I guess it's a good point. Yeah. So that makes it go a lot faster because like you're always landing on someone else's space after the first round. What was the last time you played actual board game Monopoly? <sighs> Maybe 15 years ago. Oh my God, really? Yeah. I actually played like not too long ago. My, uh, my family was never into board games. It's like my dad would never play board games, but we were all together recently. We actually got him to join us okay, to play I, a game of Monopoly. I but again, I, it led to it basically led to all of us teaming up against my brother, the accountant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which is really fun. I mean, that's also another thing is yeah, my mom's a CPA. That's I don't, don't want to play. <laughs> I don't want to play Monopoly with a woman who's actually run the world at one point. But she'd probably just say you're doing it wrong. Oh, she would. Yeah. Uh, and also, she's right. She, she Yeah. So. Uh, I feel like I burnt my mom out by forcing her to play Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! so much. Or she was just like, oh my, we're not wait, playing Wait, wait, you any... made her play Pokemon I'm and Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm an only child, Chris. Oh, my God. Cindy, I give you so much credit <laughs> for sitting down. I won't play either of those games. Oh, I, I don't play them anymore. But, like, in the heyday. But, like... Uh, if you and I had known each other at that point in our lives, and you said, "Hey, do you want?" To, like we were friends. If you said, "Hey, do you want to sit down and play Pokemon?" Well, you would have been, been, like, no. been older than me. You, you, the the phase didn't hit you like it hit me. It just never hit me, old man. I I am a crotchety old man. I uh, I'm meant to be a grandmother, so I've decided. Mm-hmm. I'm destined to be a grandmother. Drink my medieval, eat yeah. my oatmeal, go to bed early. There you go. Watch the Golden Girls. Yeah, how's that going? I honestly, I'm way behind. Okay. I'm only like a little bit into season two. I really got to do some catch up, but there's just How no. Many seasons, five seasons? Uh, there's seven what? seasons. Season seven seasons? Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot, a to, lot get to go through. I don't have time. But I did recently, I've been catching up on the new season of Bob's Burgers, though. Oh, how's that? It's been really good. Um, I'm so behind on all current television. It, that continues to be one of my favorite shows. And I, actually, what made me think of it is the most recent episode, they try and cheat a arcade. Huh. <gasps> like an actual arcade to like win a dune buggy with all the tickets mm-hmm. and it's all done in a like oceans eight style <gasps> that's heist. so cool it's pretty damn I'm good so it, down like for even that. with twists and everything that's really fun i went to a, a charity event the other night where it was the the lead character designer from bob's burgers who's also been a character artist on simpsons rick and morty and family oh my god yeah one of the one of the auction things you could win was he would draw you in any style of those shows oh that's uh, awesome i bid Way more than I should have, and I did not win still. I think I don't know if it's that same guy or someone else, but um, some of the animators from Bob's Burgers are usually down at Comic Con because mm-hmm. I bought the Burger Book. Yeah, and then I had him draw. Uh, um, oh my God, what's the mom's name? How am I blanking on this? Linda. Linda. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Yeah, had him draw Linda. Linda Belcher. Linda Belcher. Yeah, had him draw Linda up in the front. So much fun. That's so cool. It has nothing to do with anything. No, it doesn't. But that's okay. That's okay. We, we have so much extra time to kill this week. We have so much time to kill. Um, I like. I don't know. I had a few other like random little things here. Uh, I okay. Hang on. At one point, Terry calls Bruce, basically asking if he can take the night off when he's actually going to go and, and track down ten. Yeah. But when he calls Bruce, Bruce is at the dinner table by himself. By himself. Per so usual. Sad. Per usual, though, yeah. mind you. But he was drinking wine. Yeah, that's a, not a problem. I guess does that mean he just drinks now? Because he never drank. Like that was his whole thing. Is he would never ever. Well, because he doesn't want to pilot the suit and and drink. He's not gonna drink and fly. No, Bruce was drinking. Yeah. What, what pilot? What do you mean pilot the suit? When he was when he was Batman. You mean when he would wear the suit? Yes. I meant pilot the Batwing, and wear the bat suit. He's not gonna. He's not gonna drink and bat. 
<laughs> There's hold on, we gotta find a better alliteration. He's not gonna um binge and bat. No. Binge and bat, beer and bat. No. Uh, um, um, um Oh god, come on, we can figure this out. He's not gonna uh Wine and fight crime? Nope. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, we'll go with that. He's not gonna whine and fight crime. Um No, but it just like I guess he just he has no reason not to now. So yeah. Do you think he's making up for lost time? Do you think he's just I think he's like, a lot to drink for. He, he probably has like, I don't know, probably like, I don't know, $100,000 worth of wine in a cellar somewhere. Oh, for sure. He's probably just like, well, this never got used. Let's yeah, I mean, there's probably one open. party that he, they, like Alfred prepped for and they never threw. And he's just been drinking all so, of the alcohol from that like 10 years later. One bottle a day. Yeah. That's Poor mostly Bruce. what Terry has to do when he gets off being Batman. Is he has to just like peel Bruce mm-hmm. out of the Batcave. Do we ever have an episode where I th- I don't think I doubt we would, but it would be really cool and funny if uh, Terry's mom went to Bruce's like uh, the Wayne Manor. Oh, I don't think and we do. like Terry actually had to act like a butler. Oh, that would be that would have been I so funny. No, I don't think we ever see him having to. Why do I, his day job in front of his mom? That would I I would love that though. That would where be he, great. I, where they're scrambling to like, where Bruce is scrambling to actually teach him how to do Alfred's job because he yeah. hasn't done any of that. He's like, this is how you pour wine properly. This is how you're supposed to hold the the napkin when you're standing next to me. This is how you're supposed like that would have been a great episode. A great, just, so, like, just a nice little filler episode. Little, little like just a comedy of manners. Yeah, like the birdcage meets Batman Beyond. Yes. And never wear shoes. What's the bird? Uh, what's the birdcage? You never see the birdcage? Not. Oh my god! It is. I was gonna go Bob the Butler. What's <laughs> Bob the Butler? Is that a movie? Is that a decom? It's not a decom. <laughs> it is not a decom. It is an ABC fan. I think it's an ABC movie. So it's a knockoff decom. Yes. It's not even worthy enough to be considered a decom. Correct. Jesus Christ. Bob, Bob the Butler. What? Oh, I'm gonna regret asking this. I often do. What's Bob the Butler? I mean, it, the title says it all. It's Some a guy named Bob is like pretends yeah. to be a butler. Is he like a criminal on the run, but like a criminal to heart of gold? No, I don't think like he's a criminal. I think he's it's like a down on his luck guy. He might have done crime at one point. <laughs> he might have like just gotten out of prison for something he didn't. He do. He winded and crimed. Yes. Um, and he's up for this butler position for some like super super rich fancy family, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was going against like someone who actually was trained as a butler, but I think he like made the kid laugh. He's got street it's, smarts. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what it was. It was like teaching a street, a street kid to be a butler. Uh, oh and God. I don't think I ever actually finished that movie, but we've been I talking wonder about butlers why. a lot. But wait, seriously, have you not seen the Birdcage? I've not seen the Birdcage. It's Nathan Lane, okay. Robin Williams, okay, Hank Azaria, Christine Baranski, and Gene Hackman. And a young Callista Flockhart. Sounds, I'd, I'd be down for that. It is. It's, so it's also so the. I can't believe I haven't explained the birdcage to you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll explain Bob the Ball after. <laughs> but so in in the birdcage, mm-hmm. it's Nathan Lane and Robin Williams are married. They have a drag club in Miami Beach, and they have a son. And the son decides he's going to marry the daughter of a. Very like highly placed Republican, very conservative Republican Senator who has like aspirations for running for president. Mm-hmm. And so when the Senator and his wife come to dinner to meet the family, they have to pretend that 
they're not gay. Okay. And it's a, it is probably my favorite Robin Williams movie. Okay. It's also a weird one where he actually kind of plays the straight man. Like, normally he's, like, the big over-the-top right. crazy character, and he's actually kind of more the straight man to Nathan Lane, because how can you not be anything but the straight man to Nathan Lane? Right. was just all kinds of fabulous and fantastic. Oh, my God, we must watch this movie. Did you ever watch Fisher King? No. It's a hard one to get through. It's a What's... great movie. Robin Williams and um, the Is it, dude. like, a serious movie? Yes. Oh, God, how did I just forget <clears throat> his name? The dude. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges, Robin Williams, 1998-ish. Okay. Um, I'm looking at it now. 1991. So close. Oh, damn it. I just knew it was in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, it's directed by Terry Gilliam? It's a great... It's just like a really sad movie. I remember watching it in high school. Um, Jeff Bridges is like a, a hard-ass radio DJ. Um, and he has this... He does like late night uh, radio. Has people calling in. Um, and he has this one guy calling in every week. And just like just asking to talk to to talk because he doesn't yeah. have any friends, so he calls in one night, uh, just having like a really rough night. He's like, "Man, I like, I don't know what to do. I'm good. I I'm having these dark thoughts." And Jeff just makes fun of him, and he finds out that guy right after he hung up on him, Jeff just hung up on him. Uh, the guy went and just murdered a bunch of people in a grocery store. Uh, so Jeff Bridges loses his job, kind of loses his sanity, uh, and meets a homeless person. This is like it's like a year gap. Yeah. It's a homeless person played by Robin Williams, uh, and Robin is this homeless guy who has nothing but is so much happier, and he's trying to figure out how he can get that happy and kind of what happened. Oh my god! Do you want to know the twist? No, I don't want to. Just want okay, to watch okay. the, I want to watch okay. the damn movie. It, it's a great movie, and it's oh god, it's so sad. Sounds like a light breezy comedy. It yep yep. <laughs> uh, it's good. Oh my god! Highly recommend it. Highly It goes like Fisher King right underneath his his Bob the Butler, (laughs) then like Speed Racer. I don't know. I'll I'll be sure to prioritize it as such. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts on Once Burned, which could kind of describe us with this episode? Um, Once Burned, Twice as Shy. Never heard that saying before. That was an interesting. I I have heard that before, actually. Mm Hmm. Um. it's, I'm assuming it's kind of like a, similar to... It sounds like a Shakespeare kind of thing. Yeah, oh, I was going to say similar to um, Fool Me Once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, meh, no, nothing. Yeah, like Once Burned, Once Bitten. Okay. Hmm. Uh, no, yeah. let's yeah. talk about some VR games. Oh, man. So futuristic. I fucking so, love it. <clears throat> okay. This was an interesting episode. It's so funny to see like past vr now that we actually have vr yeah because I, I get where they're coming from like yeah th- it could be very addicting well i think that's definitely one of the things i want to talk about with this episode is is it an actually good critique on video games video game addiction because the whole the whole basic plot here is that we eventually figure out it's spellbinder has mm-hmm. developed a new really immersive version of vr that caters specifically to your deepest desires and makes you so much happier than if you were in the real world and you mm-hmm. get addicted to it. And Max, at the same time, is trying to get more involved in the Batmaning of it all. And so in her investigation, she ends up in one of these machines and becomes an addict herself. Becomes a heroin addict. Yeah. Is this, question, is this a heroin PSA? Or, this episode came out in 1999, mm-hmm. what other hit game came out in 1999? Pokemon. No, 96, close. Um, is this a Sims PSA? (laughs) (laughs) 
because Sims, the first Sims, did come out around this time. Uh, that's not, I mean, I think which it, is it. You get to live in another world another, where you can yeah. control your fate. Do you remember Second Life? Of course, I remember Second Life. You oh, probably had God. a Second Life. I did not have a Second Life. I mean, there's no other take this but be offended. I'm shocked, shocked, Cameron. You didn't. No, have a that's second understandable. Life. It feels right in your wheelhouse. I, there was a. Oh my God. So we we uh, in middle school. We got. We went to a field trip. One of the weirdest field trips ever. To, uh, I think it was like the Intel headquarters. Oh, that's cool. It's cool now. No. Do you think a middle schooler cares about like a data farming house? And here are a bunch of computer chips. Yeah, and so the coolest thing about it was a guy, the the like, basically like the security guard of mm-hmm. the of all the data shelves built that room in Second Life and had his character and synced it up to all of the servers if there was a problem with one of the servers it would pop up in the game so when he was playing the game he knew how to still keep doing his job yes well ah. no i mean his like it basically stopped him from having to walk as he would just sit at his desk and if there was a monitor half a mile down the row yeah that was messed up instead of him having to wander back and forth it would just pop up on his computer i'm really glad he found a way to eliminate exercise yeah i think he kind of if i remember correctly i think he needed it probably mm-hmm I mean, I'm, no, I never did. Second, I was in I'm, RuneScape. RuneScape was my second life. What was RuneScape? Whew, man, RuneScape was my drug. Like I still Amongst have. Amongst many. Yeah, but I mean, RuneScape. I mean, next time my mom's in town, you can you can ask her. About I'll RuneScape. have to. It was, it was my worst game addiction is it, ever. I mean, what's what's it similar to? Like, what can you compare it to that I would might know? Oh man. Like, is it kind of like Minecraft? I mean, no, no, no. Minecraft close, is some very special thing. Yeah, it, it's but. closer to to World of Warcraft. Okay. Where you are uh, middle ages. Um, or uh, medieval times, mm-hmm. you just kind of go. You have a list of kind of infinite quests you can do. You have the the appeal for me was you have just so many stats of like there's so many things you can do to level up your character. It's not okay. just combat based. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a whole economy where you could you could build things, mine things, cook things, and sell it to other people that couldn't that didn't have the high enough level to do it. Oh, that's um, really cool. So yeah, so like there was like. Um, Mining and smithing were stats. Religion was a stat where you could make different runes for people. Um, and rune crafting was a stat. Mm-hmm. Uh, like tree, cut, like wood cutting was a stat. There were special trees to make like different uh, bows and staffs out of. I could go on forever. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm already boring you with this. Yeah. But there was like, if I remember when I stopped playing, there were like 34 different stats you could level up. Jesus Christ. And I was so horribly addicted to this that. I would, I, I might have brought this up before. I would set my alarm. I think my mom knows about this. I'm sure she does. Um, I would tell my parents I was going to bed at nine. Uh-huh. And I had a laptop in my bedroom. I would play until 11.30, shut off, uh, set an alarm for 3 a.m. when uh, no one was doing, because there were only like limited resources throughout the day. Yeah. And so at 3 a.m. there was no one playing. So I'd wake up at three, play until 4.30, go back to bed, wake up at 6, play for another 30 minutes, get back in bed so my mom could come and wake me up at 6.30, uh, and then go to school. If we ever had computer time in school, uh, I, would, I got really good at... at um, it, like you, you changing screens? Yeah, you couldn't just uh, uh, control tab because our teachers were smart enough to know the tab, so I, would, I learned how to uh, switch windows. So I had oh, it okay. behind the original screen, and I got smart to hide it in the corner anytime teachers were coming, so they couldn't even see the window. Uh, I, it was like when I say it was my drug, like I still yeah, have this, flashbacks this to this game. Unhealthy. It was like 
It it was bad. Cameron, what what I love? How old were you when this was going on? So you were in high school, right? So you were no no no. This is middle school. Middle school. So you were what? Twelve, thirteen. This, this was seventh and eighth grade. Were my my two worst years. Yeah. I love that when most people would be basically trying to hide pornography and just like masturbating like crazy. Your no. version of it was playing RuneScape. Yes, exactly, a hundred percent. It was so horribly bad. <laughs> so, okay, all right. Since we're on the topic, then, mm-hmm. what would your VR look like if oh, you if man, you were thrown into know. Spellbinders VR? Let, let's say let's say now. Yeah. Not when you were thirteen, because I think it basically just would have been RuneScape. Mm-hmm. Um, RuneScape with boobs. Yeah. With, of course. <laughs> If you were to do it now, mm-hmm. what would yours look like? I have, oh god, I have no idea. Um, Comic Con <laughs> with a third of the people. Okay. Everyone in costume. All right. I have a great costume for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, no, I would be a host of something. I would be hosting something at Comic Con. Okay, you'd be hosting like a game show. Probably. Like some sort of live game show panel mm-hmm. sort of thing? I think I would just be uh, prime of his life, Chris Hardwick. Not now Chris Hardwick, but like four years Pre- ago, Chris Hardwick. Uh, pre-fall, Chris yes. Hardwick? Yeah, yeah. I think that would that, that, that'd be think, pretty... I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, that, that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a charming life that would be for you. Yeah. Um, I'd have my own show. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I, that'd kind of be it. Huh. I was thinking about what mine would be. I, I think I'd be a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great life to live. Yeah, no, I get it. That's a great life to live. Like, I would just, I would come home from a long, productive, slightly stressful day at work mm-hmm. to my house, and I'd be like, oh, I'm home. Yes. And that would be it. How many fire pits? <laughs> or um, fireplaces? Okay, well, there would have to be... One in the ooh, this is the challenge. Yeah, I would want describe one, your dream home. I would want one in the living room, of course. Um, but I would absolutely want a fireplace in my two-story library with a submarine staircase in it and a loft ah. upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I think I would actually want the fireplace in the upstairs loft, which would have some French doors looking out onto a balcony over our backyard. Mm-hmm. I want the fireplace there because that's where I'd actually do my reading. Is it is it the two-way fireplace where it's like? Oh, like the other side of it's another room? Ooh. Well, you could do it for the outside. So that's oh. like, it, it goes through the, it goes through to the balcony. Mm, no, I would want it, I would want it next, like, 90 degrees from the balcony. Okay. So I would want French doors there, but so it'd have to be one in the library, one in the living room, one in my bedroom, and an outdoor fire pit. Okay. You know, I want to live a very simplistic life. No, I get it. <laughs> Just the essentials. <laughs> Just the essentials with my two-story library. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many beds? How many baths? Um, I'm thinking three. Okay. Three, three bed, two and a half, maybe three full baths. I was going to say three and a half baths. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So one per room and then one for, yes, for public. Yeah, three and a half baths. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I would need to have, like, my own bedroom and then at least one guest bedroom for family when they come into town. Mm-hmm. And then... That third, oh, but if I have a library, no, I would need a mm, a library and then probably a Lego room. Okay. Because my library would be very, like, deep, dark woods, mm-hmm. just both walls covered in books. 
Like maybe a couple of little, little models, like interspersed mm-hmm. here and there. Obviously, a trick book case. I was about to say, is, a, that's with, that's the Lego room, right? With a, with a is, is the trick book is the trick book case? That, ooh, there we go. I think yeah. It's, yeah, the the library goes into the Lego room. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm, I think so. No, I want different rooms. Okay, I wouldn't want them adjacent. Those are like very different parts of my lives. Okay, but no, one of them would have to be a Lego room with just like I think what two walls covered in displays, and the third wall. Just like a massive deep closet, okay, where I could have all the pieces organized. Um, large oh, so table do, in the middle for do you construction do, purposes. Um, do you have them organized by kit, or do you do it Lego store style, where it's the wall of colors? Knowing me, I would probably do it more by theme. Okay, I, I usually don't tend to color coordinate. I I find it's stupid. I just think that looks prettier. It looks pretty, but mm-hmm. you, I'm, too o- people, I mean, I'm too OCD for that. Yes, and also, we don't do custom builds. I feel like I, mean, that, I do that's, some. I, I mean, okay. I used to do that all the time. I actually, when I was a kid, I wouldn't build the set as it came in the box. I'd have my brother do that, and then eventually it would get taken apart, and I would build my own stuff. Okay. I would do more custom stuff if I had the pieces down here. I just don't. They're all home. Yeah. It's I mean, so sad. If, if I was doing more custom stuff, I'd want the wall of colors, because then I, well, I see, knew... Like, the I would know prom- what I would want. I mean, uh, there's... I actually don't think color coordination is the best way to organize Lego pieces. I mean, yeah, by, by shape, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, or, shape, would, shape would be good in general. Because to think about it, if you're, like, you're, like, scratching through trying to find stuff, color is the easiest way to identify something. Mm-hmm. Here's how I do it. Here's how I do it. Okay. Um, so the front is, is color coordinated. You see the front. Okay. But... Uh, there are the circle ones, just like at the Lego store. Mm-hmm. But you you tap and it pulls out, Ooh. and then it's by shapes. Then you have your two, your one by twos, your two by twos, your three by twos, your four I by like twos, this. I like this and idea, then your, yeah. yeah, your four by ones. And so then it, then it's yeah construction style, where it, it pulls out as many things as there are, and you can close it back in, keep it, you know, keep it simple. <laughs> See, now you're with gasoline. Now I'm on board. What? I'm on board with this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, we we can build my leg room together. In the VR world, because I'll probably <laughs> never own a home. Well, so, so where, does he, where, does your, where does your trick bookcase lead now? No, the trick bookcase is just a bar. There's a bar I was about behind, to say, it's a bar, behind a bar. Yeah. yeah. So then you can keep the, the dark wood theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I would the rest of my house to be kind of more of like a modern aesthetic. Like, I don't, I don't know, but like, it'd be weird to have one room that like changes a whole bunch. Uh, I just don't know if I would want super modern. No. I, I like modern. I like open modern. I mean, I would want it to be very open and spacious, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots lots of big windows, lots of French doors. Yeah. Open floor plan as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I yeah, just... I feel like, I feel like, like, for if, you're, if, we're, if you're having a library, it has to be, like, dark wood, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. And again, it has to have that spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. Metal spiral. Oh. <laughs> God, it's like... Also... Also, it has to have one of those rolling ladders. I was, about, I was literally just about to ask if you were going to have a rolling ladder from, from Beauty and the Beast. I would also have the dress. Yes, of course you would. <laughs> I just wake up every morning. Did you ever see, I know the answer to this, but did you ever see 17 again? You know, it never did. Okay. I saw part of it. Okay. Um, but I know in that movie, Thomas Lennon plays someone who makes like a shitload of money off of some tech startup, and he just has like the nerd palace. Yes, and it's fucking gorgeous. Doesn't he have, like, the the table, like, the conference table from the Death Star? Isn't that... Or maybe they're thinking of Benchwarmers. There's some movie... I think that's Benchwarmers. Where there's a super nerdy guy, and, he, like, his dining table is the conference table yeah, from the Death Star. because the entranceway for Tom Lennon's uh, house 
is is the two um, Imperial guards from oh uh, from Star Wars from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's and so you fantastic. just walk into these two giant red men. I what I what I love and about like a Yoda and that's just kind of. What I do love about that movie was that the idea that uh, eventually Zac Afron will look like Matthew Perry. Yes. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> I just don't quite buy that one. Mm-hmm. And I love Matthew Perry, but I just mm, don't see that happening. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he wasn't a superstar. He would just Might, might let decay. him go eventually, yeah. <laughs> so mean. Matthew Perry's fun. Yeah, I know. He's great. Um, well, now that we figured out what our VR simulations would look like, yes, I did think the different scenarios they present in the show were weird. Like the first one we see is like this kid who wants to be a rock star, and what I love is that he's also a legitimately terrible rock star. But of course, it's a fantasy, so no one sees that. Everyone just loves him. Oh, anyways. I wrote, I wrote that we started off at a, at a system of a down concert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he just his aspiration is to be part of Nickelback. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then like some, I get that this was like the fantasy world, but I'm st- part of it that I'm really surprised got through the censors was the the girl who starts lifting her shirt up. So yes, you can sign, you can me sign anywhere. anything. I know that was just like oh like a, a slightly more risque than I would have expected. Yeah, um, it uh, this. This whole universe. She also seems so bored with it. Yeah, that was like, the other oh, thing. Just sign anything. So... No, no, not oh, her. He. he, the the guy, the oh. guy in the VR. He's. I was ready for like. Um, did you do you remember Ember from um, Danny Phantom? One of the best episodes. Ember. Ember. She is a. Um, she's a ghost who is a uh, pop punk singer oh, who I... hypnotizes. Yes. Be- who hypnotizes men with her music. Yes, I do. Who has a very very tragic backstory. Uh, but I was ready for that kind of story. Oh, okay. Because I love Ember. I know you, you must do. remember. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, um, no, I mean, yes, he it does was seem, a cold September. Sorry, <laughs> he does seem pretty, pretty bored with it. Which I, I mean, I guess Spellbinder is like a clue strategic about it because he waits until like the moment when they're most engaged, and then he pulls them out yeah. to make them go get stuff. I, but you're talking about VR like, blue the, balls. The, the girl. <laughs> The girl, like, going to lift her shirt up, and I think, if I recall, that fantasy ends with, like, there's three women in the limousine, like, all basically ready to make out with him. Mm-hmm. And this show, this universe in general, continues to frustrate me with its sometimes, like, positive female characters and other times really terrible. Yeah. Like, it seems to have this really inconsistent, vor- like, form of feminism, because they're... Much like the 90s. <laughs> That's true, actually. Much like the 90s. Because... Even just self-awareness in general, because we meet one of the other girl. Like, there's one girl who is also in the VR simulation. Her VR simulation is in a horse-drawn carriage where her manager from Hot Dog on a Stick. That was so funny. Um, is like confesses that he's in love with her mm-hmm. and he wants to marry her, and then she gets pulled out of the simulation and is comatose. And Spellbinder's like, dump this mess across town. And it's just like, it just. At the same, this is also an episode about Max trying to actually have a presence and be involved and wanting to help. Yeah. And to have agency. And it's like, make up your fucking mind. Like, either just live in a time when people should have known better in terms of how they portrayed female characters or stick to actually being good at it. But it's very inconsistent. I, I just loved that 
her her manager was just also like an ugly seventeen year old guy. Well, that's and the not thing. Like, it's like, I mean, not not a Fabio kind of person. No, and like no one of any like no, and it just goes to show like how like sad and desperate she is, mm-hmm. and also, you know, the guy wants to be a rock star. And Max wants to have, like, a normal family life, something, like, really deeply, like, personal, actually really, really emotional. Yeah. And this girl just wants to, like, be loved by her really dorky coworker. It's like, come on. Give her something, like, genuine and aspirational. Mm-hmm. And then there was the guy. I wanted to see what was his fantasy because he was, like, sucking on his thumb sucking in a fetal position. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I don't know what's going on there. Well, I just wanted to see, like, the first anti-toxic masculinity kind of thing. Thing. Oh, that's a fair point, actually. Mm-hmm. We get plenty of that. We, we have plenty in of that. In this episode. Yeah. There's plenty of it. Um, but Did you get the voice actor? Because we had a nice Boy Meets World reunion. Oh, Will Friedel wasn't. No, no, sorry. Um, wait, who? Oh, um, Jason Marsden. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think. Obviously, Will Friedel. He's fucking Terry. No, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking Michael Rosenbaum was someone in one of these two, I think. Sounded like him. Okay. Well, uh, Jason I, Marsden also being the best friend from Boy Meets World season one. Which I thought was really cool. Oh, to... To Wilfredo. Oh, I forgot that that's... Yeah. Oh, I forgot that that's who his friend was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really excited when I heard his voice. And I'm like, oh, they had a Boy Meets World reunion. And, I mean, he's just like every random person. I mean, he's every voice actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, it was... Michael Rosenbaum was the voice of Wendell, the dorky manager. That's amazing. Of course he was. Yeah. He's a great voice actor. He he's is. He's a great actor in general. Um, but, you know, I... I, I mean, do you feel this is an effective commentary on video game addiction? Like, because sometimes this it is feels... just straight up heroin addiction. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm willing to get, like. I mean, the physical manifestation looks more like actual, literal drugs. Yeah. But I mean, I will give it credit that it it hits the nail of just addiction in general, which is finding a way to escape, and mm-hmm. the fact that video games can be an outlet for it. Like, yeah. if the real world sucks, there's an appeal to going into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think from that perspective, it actually has something to say, but also feels like it's written by someone who just like their son plays video games, but and they just want to have a conversation, but the kid won't stop playing video games. Yeah, yeah, like my home life. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I think if if I'd watched this episode before we have our before we had our current VR system set up, mm-hmm. I would have believed the the addiction was a little more real okay um or kind of more realistic i do agree that video game addiction is a big thing and is a big problem because i i suffer from it mm-hmm. why i had to stop cold turkey yeah um good on you yeah um but yeah the the symptoms were a little over the top and well, even just in the lines like at one point sam sam max says like oh but if it was dangerous why would they let kids do it yeah and it's just very like, true it just—I mean, it's it, a little on the nose. It's a little on the nose, and it, it just—it felt like a parent writing about it, mm-hmm. and it just—I I mean, but you know, but at the same time, it also it gave even the the kid what's his—I don't remember his name—but the kid, the blue hair, the rock star. Oh, uh, Don, uh, Donnie. Donnie. But Donnie even Crosso. it even acknowledged like what a horrible home life he has mm-hmm. and why he wants to escape and what an asshole his dad is, and certainly like the way the dad behaves, much like the way he treats Donnie feels a lot like my parent who is done dealing with their child's drug addiction than a video game addiction. It seemed a little bit too far. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, even just, like, really putting the nail in the coffin of being a total asshole to his wife, like, get back in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think just uh, kind of stepping off that for a second, I think this is just a commentary on, like, tech addiction in general. Because mm-hmm. I, I just finished watching the 
the '90s docu series. Uh, oh yeah, where where one of the episodes does talk a lot about the internet addiction of the late '90s. Uh, what did they define as the internet addiction in the late '90s? Like, how did they? What just, did they just, see was the addictive part of it? Uh, just the boom and talking about like how you know Amazon was starting up mm-hmm. and all of these companies that are huge now that were just you know starting, and people were like, oh, we don't. They were talking about um, before the dot com bubble burst. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft had their or Internet Internet Explorer had their own landing page where it only led to Microsoft-owned websites. Of course it did. Yeah, so, like, they had their own version of Amazon and their own version of um, Google. And, like, once you got on... Because, I mean, there was, like, the the whole... um, Dial-up? Trial. Oh. No, there was a huge trial with Bill Gates, which is when he actually stepped down from being CEO. Oh, I vaguely Mm -hmm. recall this. Which was about him monopolizing the Internet. Yeah. Because he basically bought all the companies out except for Netscape and Netscape who you still had to pay to use the internet and he gave you Internet Explorer for free mm-hmm. as long as you bought his products. No, that's and right. So it's like, you know. Yeah, speaking you of monopolies. Exactly. Um, Did you, this is probably give me a note. Did you ever see the movie Pirates of Silicon Valley? I've not. So it was a but TV. I'm interested. It was a TV movie and it's basically, it's very similar to the story of like, of Steve Jobs, like mm-hmm. movie Steve Jobs because it's about basically the relationship between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And so okay. it was Noah Wiley, who was really popular on ER at the time. He played Steve Jobs. Um, but it, like the whole, it talks about like how they kind of interwove back and forth over the course of that period when everything was jumping. But it acknowledges the point where basically Bill Gates stepped in to give Apple a huge financial boost mm-hmm. to keep oh, they, it going. Oh, they talk about that in the docuseries. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I'm yeah. sure they must have, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they showed footage from the Apple panel when... Steve Jobs just got brought back into Apple because I forgot there were ten years where he wasn't part of the company at all. Yeah, did you see the movie Steve Jobs? Um, no, I watched the Ashton Kutcher one. God damn, it. God damn it, Cameron. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, also, I'm in that movie. Oh, right, that's right. You told me that. But no, go watch the yeah. Steve Jobs one. Yeah. Did you ever watch Halt and Catch Fire? No, I've heard good things though. It. I. I watched season one and it. It's great. It's um. Not. It's not HP. Who was the other big tech company in like the seventies, eighties? Xerox. No. Who like? Oh god, I I I feel so bad that I already forgot. Um, they Use, they made the useless. computer with the red mouse in the middle. Dell. No. Um, no. IBM. Yes. Yeah, they were. It's, it's the programmers for IBM trying oh, to make like. Okay. Because they were trying to make the first laptop. Oh, um, so that's yeah, cool. the season one is all about them trying to make the next step in computer innovation. Um, and what I love is the the I think it's three seasons now. The final shot of season one is they're at the big tech conference showing off their laptop, and they have this like huge. Um, I think they're at CES, uh, but they have this huge party plan to reveal the tech, and no one comes, and they realize there's a party next door which is the Apple room where they just unveiled the Apple II. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck. Um, That's pretty awesome. It, it's a great ending shot. And you're like, oh, shit, all that hard work was for nothing. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good show. Yeah, I've, been, I've heard it's good. I'd say I've been meaning to check it out, but I'm never going to watch it. I know. I don't have time. I, I keep wanting to go back because like, I remember loving season one so much. Yeah. I have, I've just heard good things about it. I think it got canceled. 
I think so. I don't think yeah. it made it past season three. Oh, so sad. Um, yeah. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh, uh, VR. VR, and and a VR addiction. Yeah. I don't mean. I think. I think this is about as good as any. I mean, seeing PSA it, that comes yeah. out of the DCAU. I think seeing it as like a tech addiction is very fitting for now. Like if you took someone's phone away, and you're like, oh, you have to go do this thing to get your phone back, then. Yeah, I think people would, would kind of have a same level of addiction. That sounds so nice, actually. Someone's like, I'm taking your phone away for a day. I'm like, oh. Woo. But remember, this is tech blue. They're getting VR blue balls. So it's you That's in the middle true. of doing your most exciting thing on your phone, and then they take it away. And then you're like, well, hold on, but I want to finish what I was doing. Think, like, sorry, you got to go rob a bank if you want to finish what you're doing. Like, fuck, think, all right, I'll go rob a bank, and then I'll get back to my phone. What really was the most exciting thing I do with my phone? I mean, obviously, that's not a one-to-one a one one comparison, but... But no, I like, I like the idea. I'm trying to think if there's anything I could be in the middle of and switching my phone away that I'd be like, oh, my God, I need to get it back now. Mm-hmm. I was, I would say setting alarms so I wake up on time the next morning, <laughs> but my body will wake me up anyways. So, no, I'm good. Take my phone. Yeah. Just take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, you know what I know what it would be? It would be posting to the Tim Talk social media, obviously. Where can we find that? My, my favorite thing. <laughs> um, no. But, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be probably happy to have someone take my phone away for a while. Mm-hmm. Perfectly happy. Uh, so, yeah, Spellbinders hypnotizing kids with VR. There's an overdose on serotonin in the brain. Kids oh, yeah. Kids comas. Uh, I love the line when um, Max first gets um, sucked into the, into the VR addiction where Spellbinders kind of off-frame and he says, to feel the love you never get in the real in the real world, it's no surprise addiction comes so quickly. Yeah. I thought that was like, fuck, yeah. 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 No, I mean, like, I mean, that's, I think one of the cool things about Spellbinder is that his threat comes from his understanding of the human mind. Mm-hmm. And sadly, he mostly understands teenagers, too, and that's just yeah. how he knows how to exploit these sort of things. But, I mean, like, especially the, the Mac sequence, that's like, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. to watch and like especially because when we first jump in you th- you feel like it could be her being home and then when it's just too perfect you start to realize that that's her dream and when it's contrasted with the things we've seen before which are kind of played for tropes or kind of for last mm-hmm. like, man that's like actually really really heavy yeah I wonder what Terry's would have been I, I feel like it'd be similar to the Mad Hatter Batman episode where his dad, well, because I don't know, because even his dad, like, yeah, he misses him, but they didn't have a great relationship to start with. No, they didn't. And I and, and I think in a weird way, Terry is living that life. Like, he, he has found his addiction of sorts, mm-hmm. right? Like, the thing is, it's, you know, he's... He's oh, I, I have something very on topic to say about that. But you keep talking. Well, I was gonna say like you know he's he has his escape, mm-hmm. right? Like when he needs to get out of the reality of doing with school or his mom or his brother or Dana or anything like that sort of stuff, he just go off and be Batman. Um, and then like he obviously keeps doing it because he enjoys it. Like he's drawn to it mm-hmm. from a very, I think different angle than Bruce. I feel like Bruce felt he had to do it. Yeah. Whereas Terry wants to do it because you think about it, like compare that to like the life he had before like becoming batman was his way of actually becoming someone yeah and so i think he is living that right now i don't know what you could put him into where he would really want a different outcome mm-hmm. whereas i feel like bruce would actually generally want to not be batman yeah 
don't think Terry Well, I mean, would. it's the same thing. That in both episodes, we, there's a talk where Terry's like, oh, I'm going to take the night off, where Bruce never had that thought because, mm-hmm. like, if he took the night off, that meant someone was dying. Yeah. And I don't think Terry just cares about that same sort of burden yeah. as he's doing it. So, no, I think he's doing his thing. But what you... Uh, you something about Terry's addiction, though. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the point of, like, him loving Batman... Um, so there was a moment where he's talking to Bruce. Um, he's like, shit, I got Max in too deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a mistake. You know, I, I put oh, a civilian yeah. in harm. Yeah. And Bruce is like, oh, that's the most Batman thing you've ever done. Mm-hmm. And then the next shot is a is a clone of the BTOS close-up mask squint, which I don't think we'd seen yet oh. in Batman Beyond. Yeah, so like from, from the BTOS intro... Where yeah. it's, it's the close-up of the face of the the cowl, mm-hmm. and he squints his eyes really quick, and then yeah. it cuts to something else. They do that exact shot. I didn't even <clears> notice <throat> that. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit, he is becoming Batman. Like I thought that was like the writers and cre- the the writers and artists. Like he is like he. This is him one step closer to being Batman. Now. Yeah, I thought I, that was really cool. You know, I guess that's a good point because there's not. I can't think of a lot of times where they deliberately homage moments from. Toss. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's one. I think the um, the end of epilogue is very clearly just meant to be the opening of Toss kind of coming full circle. Yeah. But it would be cool to see them do that a little bit more. Just like a little bit, you know, some moments here or there. Um, like now in my mind, I would love to see, maybe someone has done at some point, to do the Batman the Animated Series intro, but with Batman Beyond. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, not perfect parallels, but I think it'd be cool to see, like, what, how that little mini story would play out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Someone Uh, get on that. Someone who's an actual artist. Someone who's better than us. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Spell my... Oh, yeah, there was a weird part at the end where Terry makes it into kind of the the VR lair. Um, Max knocks him... Not not there. Oh. Uh, Where Spellbinder knocks him out, and he puts his hand on him, and we see like oh. memory flashes. Yeah. Is it Spellbinder absorbing the memories, or is I, it him living his happiest moments, or his worst moments, or I, just reliving moments? Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like he was trying to do like an overload thing. I don't think Spellbinder was seeing these things. Okay. Um, that's a good question. They uh, there's actually a, I'm looking at the um, like the DCAU wiki page for this episode, and they kind of go through all the things we see. So it's like Terry and his dad laughing together. Um, Terry getting knocked out, eating a meal. This is like some some of Blight, some of Warren, the dad. Um, it's just a whole bunch of clips. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be like thematically tied together about a whole bunch of happy moments, sad moments. It's just like, mm-hmm. here's your life in like rapid fire succession. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I, I do see what you're saying. So it, it is it is he might have just been trying to put like, him in a coma, o- like overload his brain yeah. just yeah with like just too much information at the same time like too much maybe it's just like a lot of emotionally charged moments positive or negative and mm-hmm. you're just going back and forth like that it would do some scrambling but then yeah. you know, apparently it's also a shot of the dirt monster from earth mover so i, I don't it was a very emotional moment <laughs> so emotional um yeah i don't know i mean i i I liked this episode. I, I I did enjoy this episode. I felt the ending was very very rushed. It was. And I, what I would have loved for the last shot, if they just had like five more, or maybe just two more minutes, mm-hmm. um, I would have loved if not Terry, but Bruce would have done something to bring Max's family together. Oh, uh, 
Would that have been a little bit too Dickens, a little bit too Christmas Carol at the end there? Yeah, but like she doesn't get any closure. She's a fucking addict now with well, no, no family. I mean, she she does in some sense because Terry's like, okay, like you know, this didn't go great, but you know, we're gonna kind of warm you up to this stuff bit by bit. Yeah, I mean, I get the the Batman side of it, yeah. but I'm saying like the family side of it. It's she's at her new low because now she's a fucking addict who's seen what she could have and no longer has the ability to well, get that. I will I will say that she seems to have overcome her addiction because she doesn't go back into the VR thing. She yeah. comes and saves Terry. And I mean, I to put it bluntly, like life doesn't have happy endings like that. Like that's, But it's not it's not life. It's a cartoon. But, that, but that's kinda like but I mean the episode itself is a commentary on how much better like an alternative reality can be and that the mm-hmm. like the real world can be shitty. And I think if they had put too happy of an ending on it, it would have undercut some of the realness they were trying to comment okay. on. What if instead of, because I wanted Bruce to do it just because like that'd be her, like him accepting her into the family a little bit. But idea two, uh, Terry just invites her to his family dinner. That would have worked. Yeah, like, like that would have like, been just a nice little, uh, just a nice little way to end this fairly dark episode. Yeah, because I mean it is pretty bleak mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But I, I don't. I mean I like that it's actually trying to say something. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Yeah, you can say something and still have a nice ending. Yeah, I know. Sorry, but I, I, I'd rather have something, you know, something somewhat meaningful to come yeah. out of it. Also, I prefer dark endings. I mean, we watched a kid fall into a coma. A couple kids fall into so, a coma. Yeah, we saw... Actually, yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of comatose children in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, any other thoughts? Or should we move on to uh, our, 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 new, to. our new segment, Titan Talk? Titan Talk, if we have to, I guess. Um, I... Okay, I think, <clears throat> I think I figured out. Oh, spoilers, obviously. Spoilers for, for Titans episode Fuck two. Fuck them. <laughs> there's, there's okay, so many f bombs in this show. Way to way to kill your best character. Uh, yeah, that's not not a great choice either. I think I might have figured out what the show is missing. Okay. Charismatic people. Yes. Cause. God. I just wanted Thad Castle so know, badly. Yeah, so in this episode, we get Hawk and Dove. Hawk, played by the great Alan Richson, uh, who, of course, played Aquaman on Smallville, but far more yes. importantly, played Thad Castle on Blue Mountain State. That character, I think, one of the great comedy performances of... I don't know, the show was probably like 10 years old now or whatever, but like mm-hmm. legitimately one of the best comedic performances. He's so good. There. That he is... He's like, just, that's a hard... Like, for people who haven't seen Blue Mountain State, it's a very raunchy... I yeah. mean, it's, it's almost it's, American Pie, the series. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely draws comedy from the same place as, like, Animal House. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that don't doesn't really hold up very well. Yeah. But I will say but that... But Thad's character... That, it is an incredible, incredible character. Yeah. And he is so charismatic. And that first scene when he's getting interrogated and he gets to be kind of, like, flippant and dismissive... I bought him swearing. A lot of the swearing in this movie, this show, seems unnecessary. Yeah. Um, grandma over here getting flustered by all this, but what did he just what? say? What? What? Sweetie, you can't use uh, that kind of language here. A swear jar, but I bought it coming from him, and I th- we we got a swear jar on this episode. We did get a swear jar on this episode, and I, I think that's what this show needs. Is I, I mean I hate to say it, but Brendan Thwaites is not that charismatic, mm-hmm. and it's Robin, right? It's Robin, okay. yeah, and I, I think. Dick Grayson should be, and I get that this is like a particularly dark time in Dick's life and also a pretty dark version of Dick. Yeah. But it also made me finally realize what I liked about that first episode was that 
Starfire, she's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. That actress is really charismatic. Al, as I don't is even Alan think Richardson. she's very charismatic. I think she's she's just, more charismatic she has, than anyone else so far. She's not a charisma vacuum. She has some level of charisma on her own. Yeah. But I, I think that's what made those scenes work is that mm-hmm. she was in, you, she had a presence on screen that I feel like no one else really does except for Hawk. I'm, in this. I'm hoping, and I feel like Beast Boy might fill that void because he, he's very so. much like a comedy relief kind of character. Yeah, and, and Ryan Potter is good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the the voice of Hero in Big Hero. Gotcha, Six. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, I went straight to to Hero from Heroes, <laughs> and I'm like, but that was a Masioka? real person. Yeah. Also very charismatic. Yeah, great guy. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked I liked the Hawk and Dove stuff in mm-hmm. this. And no, it's really interesting. I, it's I don't know a lot of their story. I I basically only know them from JLU. Yeah, same. And I meant to look them up beforehand. I, same. My understanding with Hawk and Dove was that it, they were always supposed to be like the two sides. Like Hawk was the aggressive one, and Dove was always kind of like the peacemaker. Yes. I I'm pretty sure that's because that that's the episode from JLU that they're in. Yeah, why I know that. Um, but I mean, they definitely don't go for that here. I mean, they mm-hmm. have kind of like just the more aggressive and the less aggressive character. Yeah. But even Dove, that, that first fight scene when she comes to rescue Hawk, she's like scraping some dude's face off. Yeah, but I'm, we're, I think we're just gonna have to get used to that in this world, though. It is just, it is hyper violent, and I just don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it adds. Yeah. It, it was interesting seeing basically Batman without his Alfred. Oh, okay. Because like he doesn't have the resource. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there's no resources and no, like no medic. Yeah, he's just in the bath himself, just shooting up painkillers and popping pills and drinking beer. Yeah, he got stabbed in the side. Yeah, uh, was covered in scars and and wounds, and like like, he broke his ankle or something Something beforehand. Yeah, he's got a bad hip. I think they said he wants to do his hip place. Now, okay, here's a question for you. Mm Because we were commenting last time where it just hit really obvious beats all the time it's like raven's mom wakes up and like guzzles pills with wine and this we get i just gonna call you thad we get yeah, thad. Just call him thad. Yeah, we get yeah. thad in the back yeah, hank. hank yeah hank, hank and don hank and don yeah hank mm-hmm. in the bath like chasing pancos with beer but i found that that worked just because it's Thad. just because it's that i'm so used to him having, having, he could do whatever he wanted I'm used and to him, him having like Cereal and a martini. Yeah. But I've done it before. It's a terrible taste. Well, well, no, terrible well, flavor combination. Was it mimosas was his drink? No, you just love martinis. No, it wasn't martinis. Yes, I don't it, think was. It, was, it was not martinis. No, it, it was, was. It was not. I mean, I think he also loved mimosas, but he definitely, there were numerous times he'd be sitting at the bar at the goat house, eating a bowl of cereal and drinking a martini. Okay. But, but as the series... Because again, I've done that because as, he did it. As the series went on, the, the, the running joke was, I think it was, I don't think it was mimosas though. It was something else that begins with an M. Oh, um, no, no, he loves, um, ah, damn it. Because it's, it's like a mint julep thing, right? Oh, you son of a bitch. I know what you're talking about. I yeah. can't believe. Mojitos. Yes, that's oh, what it is. It's that always mojitos. way too long. That's a mint julep thing, right? It, yeah, it's basically like a mint julep, but with rum. Okay. Instead of That bourbon. was close. Yeah. Yeah, mojitos were his boy's mojitos! Yeah, that was the running joke. <laughs> um, I don't, but I, I bought that moment. Though, where he's in the tub. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know, I just bought him as a character. Because he, I, I think, I, I love him. I don't know if he necessarily has the dramatic chops quite yet. I think some of those moments didn't quite land for me. Yeah. But I at least like that he had a range. Like, he would be doing something serious and then still put in, like, a really sarcastic quip. Mm-hmm. And I felt those 
were real. And like, I it loved, felt like a real person. Yeah, and, and the cute moments between him and Don, I really enjoyed. Mine yes. is a sex scene. Yeah, but, that, but I mean, I guess what they're just going for here in general is a very warts and all approach to heroes. Like, I guess yeah. they're like, this whole thing will destroy you one way or the other. Yeah, because that was it steroids he was shooting himself with? Um, it may have, I, it may have been steroids, but in like the context of like in the same way you get like a cortisone injection into your shoulder to like deal with pain. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think if I were to hazard a guess, it's like that and not him just trying to like roll it up. Obviously, he's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it just. I mean, I guess that's what they're going for. Like, these two, like, very broken people, him especially, and trying to deal with the consequences of that. And I, yeah, yeah I guess he just, you know, couldn't seal the deal, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it kind of, I mean, it's a weird scene, but it, I guess it also kind of works. Yeah, you know, a little bit. It felt less gratuitous than some of the other stuff, but still slightly gratuitous. Yeah. It was nice to see the photo on the wall. Did you catch who the fourth person was? Because it was Hank Dove, uh, Hank Don, uh, Dick. And then who's the, I, I made a note about that like some ex Donna Troy, is that who that is? Yeah, because she's in the content. Uh, she's in his phone. Oh, but yeah, do we yeah. know definitively that's Donna Troy? I'm, just... I'm pretty sure uh, someone who someone one of the writers confirmed was Donna Troy. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering like, oh, who's the girl in the photo? But yeah, yeah I did see that in his phone because um, obviously Alfred and Bruce are in there. Mm-hmm. Donna Troy was in there. Also, uh, Mark Wade, who is a famous writer. Yeah, he wrote Kingdom Come. Okay, have you read Kingdom Come? Yes. It's. Alex Ross art. No, I, I, I know the art. I know the cover. It's in the future. I'm trying to think if I finished it. Bruce is in like the exosuit because he's all broken up, and Superman comes back to take on. I think I've read it. I don't think I ever finished it. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. One of the best comic stories ever written. Because is that the one where Shazam kills someone? Is that what starts it all? Uh, it's not Shazam. What it's, story is it's that? It's Magog. Is the character? I, I think he was a new character. But yeah, it's it. The character basically that as the Superheroes are getting older. Mm-hmm. The next couple generations come in, and they're much more violent and aggressive. And the, I guess, spoilers for Kingdom Come, but the Joker gasses the Daily Planet, killing Lois, mm-hmm. everyone, but especially Lois. And when he's getting arrested, Magog, who's like the new hero Metropolis, kills the Joker. Okay. And Superman sees it happen and fights against it, and basically everyone goes, no, we like Magog style instead. We're going to do what he wants to do. Okay. And go violent, and that forces him in exile. So it's, it's after a, um, a superhero battle results in a... Now I'm thinking of... I feel like I'm thinking of a different comic. Now I'm thinking comic. of Civil War. I think I'm blending stories at this point, yeah. Marvel Civil War. Well, no, because there is a DC Civil War kind of story. Is well, this yeah. Kingdom Come? But no, I mean, in Kingdom Come, they, I it's there like... are factions fighting against each other, yes. But I, I, I'm specifically thinking about a... I'm trying to remember what finally gets Superman to come back. I don't remember, actually. I, the, the, the panels that I remember are like some of the heroes are working for the government. And okay. I think Wonder Woman is leading the government troops. So it's... <clears throat> no, so it's... Superman basically decides to step in and take over control of the Justice League. Okay. And then there is a group of supervillains who have kind of like like running the world. So it's Lex Luthor. It's um, the grandson of Ra's al Ghul, who actually is now referred to be referred to as Damien Damien Wayne, but in the comics he's Ibn Al Zufash. Okay. Um, but it's like, so it's Lex Luthor, it's Edward Nigma, Catwoman, Vanilla Savage, like they're doing this thing. And then Bruce, who was out as Batman years ago, comes to them and it's like, I'm going to join you guys, but it's all a ploy. Mm-hmm. But there is a scene where Batman in his like sweet fucking massive exosuit 
is fighting Wonder Woman. Okay. And there is a huge like superhero battle, yeah. Okay. I, cause I don't I don't think I remember the villain part. I just remember the the big superhero fight. I feel like I'm thinking of a different comic. You may have. There's a big splash page, like a whole bunch of them fighting. Yeah, but then like, outside one of, of the uh, big heroes dies in the fight, and that's when everyone's like, "Fuck, I'm done with this." A lot of heroes die in that. Okay. I think I think you are thinking of something maybe. I feel like because I feel like it was different. Shazam w- that either killed or was killed. Shazam sacrifices himself. So, Shaz- <laughs> this was obviously years ago for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Lex Luthor has, everyone believes that he has Shazam as his bodyguard. It's actually an adult, Billy Batson, who just looks like Shazam. Mm-hmm. And he's being controlled by like a little earworm thing, almost like Star Trek II style. Okay. And they eventually, he gets Billy to turn into Shazam, but still under my control. And eventually Superman fights Shazam to the point where Shazam realizes that there's a nuclear bomb that's going to get dropped and basically kill everyone. And so Shazam stops Superman from saving everyone. Like, basically, Shazam flies up, throws Superman away, and grabs the bomb and flies up into space. And, like, the bomb still goes off and kills a shitload of people, but some people teleport out. Other people get mm-hmm. saved by Green Lantern. But, yeah, Shazam... Good sac- old Green Lantern. <laughs> Good old Green Lantern. Shazam sacrifices himself. Okay. It's a great fucking comic. Okay. There's, there was a great uh, <clears throat> joke that I read the other day that was, um, there is no... Like, I've never felt more like a ghost than someone, than listening to a podcast of someone trying to think of something <laughs> and you knowing the answer to it. It's so true. Yeah. So I'm sorry to who, to the listeners that have been We're trying to throw that. at uh, mojitos at us and yeah. Kingdom Come and whatever mm-hmm. comic you're thinking of. I think it is. I, I don't it know. It probably is. I, I, I have know. it on my shelf. We'll also double check yeah, out the I, I also have it on my shelf. Um, but no, I mean, I, so that probably, I guess it is Donatar then, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, how did you feel about Dick having so I guess what Dick and Don were sleeping together and then he walked away and then she started dating Hawk because they said three and a half years like that's only they've been together but the yeah, flashback was four years four years ago, ago right and, um, and Dick's just stooping left and right as as Dick does as yeah he, as he does yeah mm-hmm. and also this was four years ago so he was eighteen I guess yeah it's better than now yeah yeah uh, look the same I guess that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that too much, because because Hank, I thought was taking it as she was cheating on him. Yeah, and I mean, he was afraid of of that happening again. Yeah, I certainly. It certainly seems like they weren't. That's the weird thing. I guess they weren't together. They weren't dating. And but they were flashback. superheroes together. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. It was very how, much like Mister Incredible's uh, fan, uh, Elastigirl moment. I guess. Yeah. So I guess they. But like the thing is like. Well, I suppose they could have been independent. No, you feel like they came as a pair. Yeah, with their costumes so Yeah, so I, I can't imagine them starting out independently and then deciding, oh, what a crazy coincidence, Hawk and Dove. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they were already a pair, but I guess they just maybe were friends, and then they start dating. I don't I quite know yeah. how that worked. Uh, we know that, that Bruce hates them, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, he's like the bad kids. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is funny because, I mean, we don't know who all is in the Bat family at this point. But, like, we've had so many Bat family members that these are the yeah. two where he draws the line. I would... I think it's kind of funny. Well, apparently, this version of Batman, too, is also hyper-violent. Well, I was listening to some other podcasts, and I guess the story is this Batman murders. But I... Which is why that's like the, that's Dick what is so violent. That's what I've been hearing, but I don't... We haven't I don't actually think seen that, that on screen. Yeah. And I guess that's part of my, my question for... I'm curious what your thoughts is. What's Dick's arc? In this, it, it seems like it's supposed to be him confronting his own darkness, but if 
is it him learning how to like control? Because like certainly the conversation with with Raven implies that he has to learn how to control the darkness within him rather mm-hmm. than like letting it take over him, letting it him ignoring it. Yeah. And that would make sense if he had to basically like hone his rage to take on a more challenging villain. Yeah. But it's just him mercilessly beating the shit out of just normal dudes. You know what I think it is? Is most of the guys that he beats up have man buns. And I feel like the anger is coming from the fact that he can't grow his mullet yet. I mean, I get that, but also... The, if he, the if, end if, of the if, arc if, is him getting extensions. If, <laughs> I believe that to be true. Yeah. But also, if he's on a crusade to take down people with man buns, that's a noble crusade, and I support him on mm-hmm. it. He's going to move to to Portland soon <laughs> and just, like, obliterate the city. Just go work in an artisanal coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, for the record, there's nothing less attractive about a man than a man bun. I mean, depends on the guy. I shouldn't say this. I need to come out and say that I'm straight. <laughs> Set the record straight. Set the record straight that I, I am I am a straight man, and it's hard for some people for, for some people to believe sometimes. But I mean, but Cameron, I, I can but, appreciate the male body. But Cameron, that being said, name someone with a man bun who's attractive. Uh, hold on, um, Chris Hemsworth when he had his man bun. When did he have a man bun? Uh, Thor one. There were scenes with him in a man bun. Or Avengers. I think when he, we first see him in Avengers, no. he has his man bun. I'm looking at photos of him with a man bun, and I'm just going to say it, no. I mean, he's still Crips and Thirst. He's still gorgeous, but I'm saying it doesn't look good on him. Okay. you got to name someone who looks good in a man bun. I'm also looking at uh, Jason Momoa here. I'm looking at Andrew Garfield. Okay. Uh, wait, did oh my god, did Colin Firth have a man bun? At he one did, point? and it was, that was a bad. Sorry, bun. Colin Farrell, not Colin Firth. Yeah, sorry, I that was see a Colin bun. Firth on a man bun though. Um, Colin Firth could pull it off. Yeah, I'm just no, no man buns. I mean, it's it's personal choice. I it's think a bad personal choice. I think this guy can pull it off well. Who the fuck is that? Uh, I don't want to out myself this early on the podcast. Oh, with your Survivor? I started watching Survivor, and he's one of the guys. His name is Joe. No, doesn't look good on him. Doesn't look good on Kit Harington. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it looks good on Kit Harington. No, it doesn't. Pull it off. No, it's all personal choice. Yeah, well, if your choice is man, but your choice is wrong. Okay, just saying. Um, Saying definitively. We're saying definitively. Cameron is straight, and I hate man buns. (laughs) Yes. Um, can we can we also talk about the most important part of this episode? The horrible, horrible cover of Kids in America. I had fun with it. I fucking hated it. I loved it actually. <laughs> um, no, I liked it. I mean, they still have really weird, like tonally imbalanced musical cues. I had fun. That's with a it. song that should have come out in 2006 <clears throat> and died in 2006. I enjoyed it. I I was gonna say, why do they hate pineapple on pizza so much? Oh, I agree. Well, let's have a minute to talk about okay, this. Okay, because I I love I, I love pineapple on pizza. I love pineapple on everything. Yes. Put it same. on my tacos. Put it on my burgers. Pizza. And that, that's my question. Everything is is, is pineapple there... like like a bacon. It's one of those universal foods. You can pretty much go in anything. And actually, I'd say it's more universal than bacon. I think so too. It's Fuck also... you, bacon. You're overrated. Is... Man buns and bacon. I'm gonna war with both of them. <laughs> I have such a, like, it, it's kind of become the butt of a joke, and I want to know where the joke started. I don't know why people hate and listeners also, right into us. Yes, and <clears> we're put, sorry no, if we lose listeners because of our hard opinions on pineapple on I'm going to do an Instagram post about this, actually. Okay. We're going to do, do a poll, because I love me some pineapple. Same. And I'm so curious if there's a topping on any other kind of food... Because pizza is kind of that versatile thing where yeah. and it kind of works with anything. There's other foods like that. Like we have tacos, we have uh, ramen, we have burgers. What else did I write down burgers. 
Hot dogs. And hot dog. Like, are there toppings on other things that are just as looked down upon as pineapple? No. On pizza. Like, n- like not to the point where it's almost a meme. Yeah. Because I mean, because I, I think there should be. I think there should be a universally hated topping on everything. Well, onions can fuck right off. Yeah, I mean, caramelized onions are okay on something. Yeah. Burgers are good. I, I, I usually onions. pull like half of them off, and yeah. I just like the the aftertaste like li- of like it. A little bit's fine. Yeah, I'm kind of like pickles that way too. I'm like, I don't I don't want to eat the pickle, but I'm kind of like having the pickle on the burger, and then I remove them. Just when, when I when I go to Chick Fil A, oh, you've never been to Chick Fil A. I have been to Chick Fil A once because I had to see what it was all about, and okay. I decided it wasn't worth supporting those fucking monsters. Okay. When I I haven't been to Chick-fil-A in a while, but when I do go, when I do How go, how long is a while, Cameron? Uh, like six months. Oh, okay, actually, yeah, no, it's been a okay, while. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I retract. I don't, I don't drive by it as often as I used to. I retract my ire. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put pickles on their chicken sandwiches, and I never eat the chicken sandwich with the pickles. But that's like my appetizer. So I peel them off, you eat them first, and then you have a nice chicken sandwich with like an aftertaste of pickle in there. Oh god, I just I don't get the, I don't get the peel of pickles. I enjoy them. No, I think they're quite gross. Um, quite gross. But yeah, I feel like there should be. Um, cause I, I read a stat before this episode, which right, I thought was course, very yeah. fascinating. You, you did some research. Uh, cause this is what I care about more than Batman is pineapple and pizza. Well, I mean, Apparently in Australia in 1999, pineapple pizza was rated the number one pizza in Australia in 1999. And it made up for night, it made up for 15% of all pizza sales that year. I'm on board. Awesome. Yeah. Good, good, good on you, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hawaiian pizza is amazing. Mm-hmm. Lucifer's wine pizza, a little bit of coconut oh, flake on there. My, I, I introduced you to that, right? You did, in fact. That was, yeah. Oh man, that was a game changer. Having the little the it's a coconut, the co- the coconut flakes. Everything's better than coconut. Oh, man, everything. So yeah, I want man buns. <laughs> coconut and man buns. They don't no. go together. If you sprinkle some coconut <laughs> on a man bun, I still <laughs> won't like it. Uh, I I am I'm very curious if if people if people hate other things on other foods as much as as much as pineapple, pineapple pizza. Because <clears throat> I mean, everything's good in a taco. Yeah. Yeah, pineapple's good in a taco. Yes. Yeah. Like a nice al pastor taco with mm-hmm. some, some pineapple thrown in there? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't tried it in ramen, but I feel like... I don't know if that would work in ramen. I feel like you can't really put pineapple into a soup. Yeah, because it's... Yeah. It's just going to get soggy and kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, throw it in everything. Mm-hmm. I'm there for it. I'm all on board. Chili? I think it's kind of the same problem. I think it's the same I think problem. it's an after. Like, you make the chili... And then you sprinkle the pineapple on top. I'm gonna try that. Mm, try it. That, I'm a little mm-hmm. skeptical about that one. To be perfectly honest, because I, I do chunky chili. Well, yeah. Yeah, because you have to. It's a better way to go. But I'm still mm-hmm. kind of like on that. Okay. One. I'm, I'm, I'm curious on that. Um, I'll, I'll bring I'll bring it back to you next week. Yeah. Report back, please. What What did you think about the Psycho Assassin family? I thought they were gonna be the Royal Flush Gang, and I oh, got I really excited at the start there. of it. I didn't even go there. That's an interesting. Because thought. when the when the kid rolled his dice and they're like, oh, that's your third pairs in a row. I'm like, oh, he's like, um, uh, J- he's like uh, Jack. Because I feel oh, like Jack would yeah. be the kind of guy who could like manipulate, or not manipulate, but like know how to win the odds. Right. I didn't so think I'm like, about oh, that. Oh, that's Jack. And she's going to be 10. And then like whoever, I didn't know who Ace was going to be. But the I was. Dog. Yes. They're, they're golden retriever. But I was like, oh, this is so cool. We're going to get to see like a modern that would have been cool actually I kind of yeah. wish they'd done that I mean I don't know they were different they were different I liked it though mm-hmm. like I, I liked the way that whole scene played out where it's like way too like 1950s leave it to beaver yeah Um, and then and the dad curses the dad curses they make him put in the swear jar even like they're playing like Papa Loves Mamba yeah like, like, I thought it was actually a very good music choice mm-hmm. and then like oh he's an assassin he comes back and like wait no the whole fucking family and they're all like injecting themselves some sort of like crazy psycho steroid drug thing yeah and I, I mean, that was just like, it was kind of a what the fuck moment, but 
I liked it. It was weird and different. No, I was, I, I'm was very curious because because we also had a theory last week. We we both had our own ideas of why people were after Raven. Oh yeah, and I think you're closer to it now, where it's more the government is trying to capture her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, this is too complicated for Triton at this point. Yeah, I think it seems more like a. Again, they're kind of going like more of a street level sort of thing. So I, I think that seems to make more sense. But I know they were interesting. And then I guess what we assume that Dick's partner is dead now, severely maimed. Yeah, I hope she's okay because I, I, like, I think she had potential. I know, but I, I really uh, see. This is the problem: is that that just seems it's just like they're just mutilating a female character to two. Too. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, they're like they're just well, what, what they're pumping off female characters just to give the men more stuff to well, do. What is it called in comics? Something. Fridging. Fr- okay, yeah, yeah. Like they're getting the fridge. fridge. Oh my god, I did see. The post, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it, it too. Someone posted for a great couple's Halloween costume. It was a Green Lantern suit and a fridge. Mm-hmm. And I think the caption was, "If you don't know why this is funny, we can't be friends." Yeah. This applies to listeners now. Um, yeah, I mean they're basically just like fridging. They fridge possibly two two. Supporting female characters in the show were both potentially bumped off in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm not super on board with that. It, yeah. I think, because here's the problem. So if they kill Dove, either way, they've either killed her or they've, like, severely injured her. Yeah. So now the story that's going to come out of that is Hawk being even more upset with Robin, with mm-hmm. Dick. Way more interesting and tragic, especially because Hawk was presented as kind of the more tragic figure. If... He's the one that gets killed. And then all of a sudden now, Don doesn't know how to feel about Robin. I was ready for him to die. Like, I don't want Thad to go. No, because the show Desmond needs his charm. Yeah. But also, I just love him. Yeah. Uh, There was a line, which I really loved, where uh, Don and Dick are talking. And she's like, oh, why didn't you bring him to Bruce? And he's like, Bruce isn't great with kids. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, nailed that. It's about right. Um... Let's see, Hawk. Oh, yeah, Hawk is with Batman without Alfred. Uh, Dick wants to dump Raven on Hawk and Dove. Uh, it's kind of seemed like a boring plot. Yeah, and it just, it all plays out as expected. She gets upset about it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I did like the scream where you kind of see her like. Oh, uh, like wig out? Yeah, where it's uh, Hawk and, or Hank and Dick are fighting in the living room, mm-hmm. and she does a Raven scream where like everything breaks. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that was cool. And then Hank says, like, what the fuck was that? Or yeah. I, forget what, I forget what he said, but again, I it think played, it was what the fuck was that. I think it played well, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did you feel, Oh, the ending. Sorry. One, okay, one yeah, last yeah. one. Um, so obviously a Raven is a good figure for Raven. Yeah. Um, but give it the six eyes. Come on. We're not in Westeros. I mean, I get that they played Game That's of Thrones. four eyes, right? Oh, no, the Ravens always have six eyes after Trigon. Oh. Triton, Tun, Gun. Gun. Is it Trigon? I think so. Yeah. I keep getting confused with the anime also called Trigon. Not important. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because in, in the anime teen t- animated Teen Titans, it's yeah. always the raven with six eyes. And then she, like, when she's in her demon mode, it's just, She has six eyes. And that would have yep. been so great to, like, like her power is is escaping her. That like, actually, she can't yeah. keep it in control anymore. <clears throat> You're right. I agree. That would have been Come really on! Well, especially because... We don't like her characters not referred to as Raven, so it doesn't really mean anything to anyone but who except, yeah, the character. except the people who know it. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, do you feel? Are you feeling more optimistic about the show after two episodes? Less optimistic isn't the great. Isn't it? Are curious. you more? Are you more on board? 
a little bit. I, I it's was weirdly compelling. It right? was. I I was up late Thursday night. I made it past midnight, and my first thought was like, oh, I can watch the next episode now instead of sleep because who needs sleep these days? Right. Um, it was not out yet. They they for people curious, they posted it two a.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Huh, um, weird. <laughs> just in case you wanted to know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Friday morning, I was really excited to watch this episode, and like I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next one. Like I, I'm I am genuinely. Too. I, yeah. I don't want to watch any of the the trailers because we get a trailer before the episode. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I want each episode to be fresh. Oh yeah, I just want to go in cold. Mm-hmm. I even found after I watched the pilot, and they had like the, they had the next episode queued up basically. Like oh maybe I can watch the next episode when I could, yeah. and I was like oh I wanted to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um. How did you feel? That after introing the characters minus Beast Boy, uh, focusing only on Dick and Raven this episode, I liked it. <clears throat> Same. I, I think structure that works a little bit better. To mm-hmm. and I, I'm hoping maybe in the next episode we spend more time with um, Starfire. The, yeah, I mean, I mean, they literally they're watching Game of Thrones in yeah this, <laughs> in this show. But I mean, I think that general structure kind of works well. Of like. You more or less end on a cliffhanger with one set of characters. You jump to another episode, focusing on a completely different set of characters. And you kind of do that back and forth. Um, yeah, I, I would like to go back to Starfire because I feel like they have a lot of work to do in terms of like explaining where she go, where she came from, and what she's doing, and where she's going to get mm-hmm. her tied in with these guys. Yeah, so I'm cool. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Cotton Eye Joe. Thank you. <laughs> where are you going now, Cotton Eye Joe? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm... I hope we get an emo version of that song in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> emo cover of Cotton Eye Joe. Oh god, I'm, I'm so, sure it's somewhere. The, yeah, the the dark Disney trailer cover of it. Yeah, so on board. Um, Lana Del Rey, Cotton Eye Joe. Yes, I'd be on board for that. Oh, I'm so on board. Lana, come on, Lana. It. We need it. Um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of digging this actually in a weird way though. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just filling in the hole that was left over when I stopped watching the Arrowverse. I think so. Yeah, it's just like it's a little bit guilty pleasure, but it's entertaining enough to keep you going. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think exactly that. It's because I've I've been wanting to get back into the Arrowverse, but we both had the same thought last week of <clears throat> just so much has happened now that we can't just kind of jump in anymore. So I, would, I would have to catch up on like I think two or three seasons of four different same. shows. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm just not gonna. Do yeah, it. and so this is kind of a new starting point for us because I. Yeah. I didn't have the same feeling towards Black Lightning because I did watch the first few episodes of that. Oh yeah, and you said it was pretty good. It was. It was. It's its own. It's a separate universe, if I recall. I think so. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think I have the same emotional connection to that character as I do with these. Yeah, that's part. So having a fresh start with these people is is nice. I because I also did jump back and watch a little bit of the animated series. Right on. I don't blame you. It's a great show. It's so good. I I think I think there's potential here and. After another episode, I, I see bits more of that potential coming through. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. And I'm I, all in. And knowing that it got a second season, I'm starting to see that they do have, they, they kind of do know what they're doing. Yeah. They're not taking this an episode at a time and just like, oh, where do we go now? Like they have an endpoint in mind. Yeah. And I'm, so. I'm excited to see how they get there. Yeah, no, I'm... Because I'm, um, obviously they I have like to it. meet. Yeah. So <laughs> they have a pretty team. Easy, yeah, they have a pretty easy endpoint of yeah. just meeting. At some point. Um... Any other thoughts on it, or should we try and brush through our last few segments here real fast? So uh, not, let's let's, let's preach to the last few dragging. segments real quick. Um, so I just want to do uh, a couple very brief shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know last week I plugged a couple people who have been doing some really cool uh, Inktober art, and of course our good friend Gordon Wills 
has been doing that as well. He's got some gorgeous stuff on there. So I'll put it's that beautiful. In I love all. Of yeah, it's it's. I love the whole Pitas Inktober thing, and they're all doing an amazing job. And, and Gordon's work is always fantastic. We also shout out to Benjamin David and his New York Comic Con podcast from Above and Batman Beyond. There's actually going to be a uh, little kind of promo for it. He sent me kind of explaining all the different people he got to interview and like I listened to the promo. You got to talk to some really crazy awesome mm-hmm. people. So give that a listen. Then of course go give the episode a listen. Um, but yeah, that basically does it for just notes from friends and shout outs. Yeah. So what are your plugs this week? Oh Cameron? man, I forgot to write down what I've been watching. You bastard. Um, I went and saw, what was that movie I just saw? I told you about it the other day. Um, it theaters. It was the uh, mid nineties. I watched mid nineties. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting, especially after just finishing the nineties docuseries. And then seeing kind of a dramatized version of that. Because mm-hmm. whenever I see a 90s film, I always see, like, the nostalgia version of the 90s. Right. And I feel like this doesn't go in that direction. It was a really interesting movie. It's, it's uh, The trailer makes it look like a skater movie. Yeah, it and does. And it's really not the point of the movie at all. Oh, okay. Like, the main kid just barely learns how to skate. <laughs> like... Halfway through, he learns how to ollie, and that's like the happiest moment of Woo! his life. Yeah, and it's and you never see him do it again. I mean, I can't ollie, so yeah. good on him. Uh, neither can I, yeah. and I actually ride a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, but I ride it for for function, not for finesse. Well, also, I, I imagine it's slightly harder to ollie a pedibboard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a really interesting. I think don't go in looking at it that way. <laughs> looking at it as a skater movie, look at it as a kid trying to define what is cool. Okay. And that was like, looking at it through that lens made the movie really, really interesting. Okay. Worth uh, seeing? I think so. Okay. I think if you kind of have like a, a slow night, then yeah, go mm-hmm. go check it out. Because it, there is a lot of stuff out right now that I'm really dying there to see. There is. Um, it's not even on my list, really. I also saw El Royale. I don't know if I told you that. <gasps> I really want to go see that. El Royale was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say anything about it because it's it's one where you just have to watch it to appreciate it. Yeah, that's it's high. It's really high on my list actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you been watching, listening, reading uh, to? I just went today. I should go see First Man. How was that? I quite liked it. Um, I went in with kind of mid to low expectations because I'm not a fan of Damien Chazelle. Yeah, I don't have like I I want to see it, but I'm also not like like I it, have to see it. I think so. Like I. I loved Whiplash. Same. Oh, it's so good. Hated La La Land. I, I remember. I like La La Land. Hated so much. Um, I was. I had mixed feelings going into this because I watched the trailers and it just looked very self-serious and mm-hmm. kind of like somber. And in a lot of ways it is, but it does have like little sparkles of moments in there that are actually kind of fun and playful. Um, but I mean, for those of you who don't know, it's the story of Neil Armstrong, basically how he became part of first the Gemini and the Apollo program and obviously went and landed on the moon. And it's, it is really good. I found it really emotionally affecting, actually, which I wasn't expecting. Okay. Um, and it, I grew up all about the space race stuff. Like, I've been out to um, Cape Canaveral and the, the Kennedy Space Center out in Florida a few times. I've been to the Marshall Space Flight Center in Alabama, which was fucking incredible. Been to, actually, I've never been to Houston. Um, but, like, I grew up on that stuff. I love Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a decent amount about that whole world because like there's a whole generation of my family that all worked at Lockheed at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I love all that space and I was a little worried about this just being way too serious. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I think they, 
they choose to approach it from a much more personal perspective. It's much more about him and his story and his like emotional arc, which I really liked because okay. it, it's not just it doesn't just treat it as this. Um, I mean, obviously, it's this incredible achievement, but by personalizing it, it shows kind of like the downside of it in some ways, the darker side of it, and the cost. Yeah. Too, and then it was disorienting at first because most of it's done in close-ups, which it just I kind of struggle with. But then as this movie progresses, it it widens out a little bit, and so by the time you actually get to like the Saturn V launch and everything like that, it's it's really breathtaking, and the opening sequence is astonishing. How would you compare it to Hidden Figures? If you can, because I feel like it's very, very different. different movies. Okay. I, mean, I, I I think I prefer Hidden Figures. Okay. I think Hidden Figures had. A, like a poppiness and an energy and a vibrancy mm-hmm. to it and a charm that I just like Hidden Figures is a movie you watch and you just fall in love with everybody. Um, well, not everybody, not the racist assholes, <laughs> but like all the leads you fall in love with. And this is not the case here. Um, but I, very different films, but I, I guess I like them both, but I like Hidden Figures better. Okay. Um, but I also went and saw an IMAX. If that's an option for you, I would definitely recommend it because holy shit, the moon scenes in IMAX was breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. Um, so that, and then this is a, a plug that I think we're gonna have to follow up with next week. So I, you probably Ooh. didn't see this, but we should talk about it next week. But Vox Media, who I quite mm-hmm. enjoy, yeah, they put out a video this week, basically explaining why the MCU is so overrated. I remember that popping up my news feed. I haven't watched it yet though. It's very interesting. I won't say what they talk about because I want you to watch it and then maybe in like lieu of news next week we'll talk about whether we think it's actually holds up or not. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, for listeners to you, go watch that video and, and send us your thoughts on it because I, I get what they're trying to say but I don't necessarily agree with all of it but I don't know if that's because I'm biased and so mm-hmm. I'm very curious that other people will have to think about that but yeah, those are the two that I got this week. Okay. So. Yeah. Vox also, we don't, you don't have to put it part of the plugs but Vox also just put out a really interesting super short video about uh, why gamers use WSAD to move on a computer Oh, as, as uh, controls. Oh. That's kind of interesting to see the origins of that. Oh, actually, I should go check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like three minutes. Yeah, and also considering I have friends who make keyboards, I should probably oh, yeah. brush up on it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, if you want to go check those things out and then uh, write to us and give us your thoughts or your thoughts on Titans or on yes, Batman please, Beyond. Please share your thoughts on Titans because I, it's a show that I... Want to talk? So, sorry. One last note on Titans, then then we'll stop forever. Okay, for until next week. Yeah, say uh, forever. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it fast. Um, I'm I'm happy that it's a weekly show because it actually gives us time to talk about it now. Same. I'm glad we're not just binging it. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to. I couldn't. I don't think I could I, yeah, get I, through it. I don't think I would have finished it if we if it was just a binge show. No, I, I, it needs to be spaced out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and I think it's also it came out at a very interesting time for DC fandom in particular, and it's a very interesting version of DC fandom. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm very curious with the whole discussion around it as a result. So yeah, that yeah. especially right to us. Yeah, please. Us, I, 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 I would love to talk about, like I'll, I'll actually jump on the Instagram and talk to You've some people. You've that a little bit recently. I've, I've seen you like I, pop, I, I it, lurk. pop in here. I lurk you more lurk. than read. <laughs> stalk than, it. Yeah, then comment. Um, but yeah, we I'm are. always a hidden ghost in the background. <laughs> Is that it? Uh, you can find us. You can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes. Uh, I am at Lordifer on those things. Um, oh, actually, I just realized uh, I will be. Cameron won't be, unfortunately. Ugh. But I will be at LA Comic Con um, on Saturday. Um, so if you're there, give me a shout out either on the Tim Talk accounts or on my personal account, and we'll see if we can uh, meet up. So I will not be there. He will not be there. I will be representing Tim Talk. Yes. Don't so. let me down. 
you know, I'll do, I'll do my best. I want a handful of Avatar references. Please come up to Chris and ask him about anime. Yes, that would please, make my day. please. What, what, you can then see what Cameron sees every week as just <laughs> the light seeps from my eyeballs and as I glaze over. Um, but yeah, come find me at LA Comic Con next weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then uh, you. Oh, you can find. Since you won't be there, how can they reach you? Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna see me, if you wanna see my face, you can find it at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. If you wanna see my art and me struggling to finish Inktober for this month, because I took like a week off and I'm still exhausted, uh, you can find that at Cameron underscore Dex. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cameron underscore Dex. Right? Hold on. Yeah. I've never said it in reverse order, so I just forgot all of my names. I think it's Cameron.Dexter. That's what it is. I wasn't about to help you. I know you weren't. I saw it. Nailed it. Cameron.Dexter, if you want to see me struggle through Inktober. Or just struggle in general. Just struggle in general, because <laughs> that, that's my general life, is just struggle. But uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, Tim Talk Pod. Benjamin David here from the Above and Batman Beyond podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for letting me do my promo here. I love your show. I love the gay spin on Batman Beyond and the DCAU. I live in Asbury Park, New Jersey, which is an exceptionally uh, gay town, and gay culture is everywhere, so I welcome it in my pod listening. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, man, I got six interviews uh, on my last podcast. Shout out to C506.net for passing on their press interviews to Above and Batman Beyond. I met uh, this guy, Johan Morales, as I was uh, hustling business cards from Batman Beyond, DC Collecticast, our other new show to our network. John Timms, he was there, which is weird because Bruce Tim, his last name is Timms, plural. Uh, but yeah, John Timms is the current artist of Harley Quinn. We had lunch with him, this dude Cody from... Um, Three zero, a marketing guy from this super dope collectibles company. They do like sideshow level uh, collectibles. Oh my god! Uh, and then he's like, "Yeah, you're on the team. You now have press access to six fucking interviews from the Batman the Animated Series Blu-ray remaster panel from Com." So, on the most recent episode of Above and Batman Beyond, uh, episode thirty-four, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman slash old Bruce Wayne. Bruce Tim, the name of your fucking show. Tara Strong, the voice of Batgirl, New Batman Adventures, and then also voice of Harley Quinn if you're younger. Uh, for me, she's Batgirl. Lauren Lester, voice of Dick Grayson, Robin. Oh, so dope. Then, uh, Diane Pershing, voice of Poison Ivy. And finally, Eric Radomski, the co-producer slash huge early influence on Batman the Animated Series. This dude literally changed history Uh, in terms of animation, did things that had never been done before. So these are like two to five minute clips from all these people. And of course, it's a fucking Batman Beyond podcast, so we got our honor beyond. I love doing fan interviews. It's one of my favorite things, uh, specifically at con and cosplay interviews as well. So I bookended the whole episode, the collectibles and the juicy stuff, with uh, a Beyond fan, Paul Yang. This guy is super smart. Really knows his Beyond stuff. Uh, really great to have on the show. And then his hilarious cosplayer. Uh, he was a Batman Beyond cosplayer. So you really got a full story of Khan. And then you, uh, by the way, have to meet your hero. And uh, I'm about to cry telling the story. I fucking met Kevin Conroy. Just getting bounced around the DC, um, like the DC area of Khan. So I'm getting bounced around and all of a sudden, fucking Kevin Conroy is just standing there. 
Oh my God. Uh, I was like, I'm going to cry. No, I'm not. He's like, thank you. <laughs> and then he did the send off to my show. Go on at Batman Beyond Podcast. Uh, that is my Instagram. And you will hear Kevin Conroy say, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And he does the whole thing. Oh my God. Once again, episode 34 of Above and Batman Beyond. And I'm going to come on the Tim Talk pod as well. I cannot wait. And a uh, shout out to uh, Watch Terror Database and Maddie Washburn. Maddie Washburn's going to be on Above and Batman Beyond as well. Tons of exciting shit coming out of the comic book intl.com network. Uh, four shows, update nerd style. That's where I think the story is best told of meeting Kevin Conroy. DC Collecticast, if you're a collector, uh, we're, by the way, the only one, which is crazy to me, but uh, people have been loving it. There's this vacuum of podcast coverage for. Uh, uh, for DC Collectibles, and yeah, that show has blown up so much faster than Above ever did. Jealous, but uh, it's all coming together, baby. And again, shout out to C506.net for getting me press access, and I'm now writing for them. Love you guys. Thank you again so much for doing this, and I can't wait to come on. Tim, talk, pod.